הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של דורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של חנא עפר קדוש, הם אשר בארץ המה. הוא יפחד לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו למנחנו ומקור חוכמה רבנו נחנו נפגן נא נחנך ונחנו מאומן זכותם תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. בעזרת השם, today we start תורה 60, התורה which the breast lovers know as a upon tradition from רבנו, that this is the תורה that is an introduction to סיפורי מעשיות. See here that Rabbeinu, after this Torah, said three things. He said, one, that um, the world says that Sipurim Asiyot put people to sleep. But I say that Sipurim Asiyot wake people up from slumber. As we're going to see in the lesson, all these three ideas are intertwined here. And why Rabbeinu said what he said. The second thing Rabbeinu said is that people say that Sipurim Asiyot make people, make women barren. But I say that Sipurim Asiyot actually allow women to have children. That those women who are barren actually can open up their womb and essentially have kids. So it's a big segula um, to read Sipur HaMasyot if a woman has trouble having uh, children. And the third thing Rabbeinu said is that people say that tzaddik does not need any money. That what is, it, what is the importance of a tzaddik having money? Why does he need money if he's so righteous? But Rabbeinu said the true tzaddik, the tzaddik HaEmet needs all the money in the world. So we see here that the tzaddik HaEmet possesses all the money and it's him. who is able to distribute that. And um, all these three things, Rabbeinu said after this Torah, and this Torah is usually an introduction to Sipurim Asiyot, specifically to uh, the story of the lost princess. But we're going to see this most amazing Torah, which starts with the Idra, the Idra Rabbah, the Zohar, the deep part on the Zohar on Parashat Naso, HaIdra Rabbah Kadisha that says, Pata Rabbi Shimon ve'amar, Rabbi Shimon opened up and he said, Et la'asot la'donai, It says in the verse that now is the time to act for God for they, and it says it in continuation, for they have disgraced your Torah. But now is the time to act for God. Why is it now that's the time to act for God? Because they've disgraced your Torah. When it says in the verse they've disgraced your Torah, what is that a reference to? Torah Dil Ela. This is a Torah that is called the Torah Dil Ela, the supernal Torah. Which would be nullified. Were this rectification, were this uh, tikkun not enacted, were this tikkun not um, brought into existence. Meaning this is the Torah of the secrets, the Torah of the Kabbalah, the, the upper Torah. This is referring to Atik Yomin, the ancient of days. It says over there, it says in the verse, in Dvarim, Happy are you, Israel, who is like you? This is Hashem's praise to Am Yisrael. And it also says, We praise God by saying, the same language of Micha Mocha, Who is like you, O God, who among the... Micha Mocha Ba'alim Hashem, O Hashem, who among the mighty ones, who among the great ones, can compare to you? Rabbi Shimon called his son Rabbi Elazar. And... Sat Rabbi Elazar to his right. Ul Rabbi Abba misitra achara. He sat Rabbi Abba, the one who wrote all the Zohar, on the left, on his left side. Ve'amar and he said, Ana klala dechola. We encompass everything. Me in the middle. Rabbi Elazar to the right and Rabbi Abba to the left. Atkani takenuka emi. The rectifications have in the meanwhile been affected. Ishtiku and all the chaverim that were there present were silent. Then they heard a sound. And their knees knocked together. What sound was this? 
Kala dichnufia ila adimit kanfe. This was the sound of the heavenly entourage, the heavenly um, um, group gathering together. Okay, we see this amazing Zohar, the entrance of the Idra Rabba, the most deep secret of the Zohar Kadosh. Um, we're going to put this aside and come to this later. But Rabbeinu teaches us, Da, no? There is pathways to the Torah that within these pathway, pathways there's an extremely great contemplation behind them. Behind these pathways there's an extremely great Hidbonanut. Contemplation. Uh, understanding. That it's impossible to come to this contemplation. Except by means of wealth. Just as we see um, the simple explanation of the Torah as it says in Pirkei Avot, if there's no bread, there's no Torah, meaning with the, without the aspect of wealth, there's no Torah. We need to be, that we see that a person needs at the very least a, a livelihood, a parnasa, as it says in Pirkei Avot. If there's no bread, there's no Torah. You need a livelihood. And the same is true. For this, contemplation that exists within these very special pathways of the Torah that this contemplation is extremely great that in order for a person to attain this contemplation he needs a very great amount of wealth that he needs great wealth from which nothing is lacking because one needs all the wealth of the world for this contemplation and the children of Yisachar I mean, you know, Yisachar was tasked with going out to work. Um, sorry, Zebulun was the one who used to provide for Yisachar. That they had all this Hidbonanut, they had all this contemplation. As it says in Yisachar, from the children of Yisachar, they understood, they, they knew understanding. How they merited? They only merited this because of the wealth. Bechinat, as it says, Yisachar Hamor Garim, as it says about Yisachar, that Yisachar is a strong-boned donkey. The Targumon, what did it mean, a strong-boned donkey? Unkerus explains this as being what? Atir Benichsin. They were abundant with possessions. This is why Moshe and all the prophets had very great wealth. In order to come through this wealth to this great contemplation, this great Bina. And because exists in this Torah, because in the Torah exists this great contemplation, this is why the Torah is called Hon. It's called riches. As we see where? As we see in Gemara Eruvin, Dafnun Dalid, Amud Bet, page 54, side B, over there. So Yisachar was provided for by Zebulun and had the ability to have all the money because Zebulun would give him everything would go out to work and provide for Yisachar. Yisachar had all this wealth, and through that wealth and their wisdom of Torah, they were able to get to an understanding of um, this great understanding that is only possible through wealth. Um, and any one of those through whom the, the Torah was transmitted, they had great wealth. Meaning, if the Torah was transmitted through a certain person, that person 
had great wealth. Moshe Rabbeinu, we see that Moshe Rabbeinu transmitted Torah. He brought the Torah down to Am Yisrael. He was very wealthy. As the Chachamim say in the Gemara Nedarim, Daf Lamed Chet Amud Aleph. That Rabbi Udanasi was the one who organized and sealed all the Mishnayot. He's the one who compiled it. And the same is true that Rabbi Ashi was the one responsible for sealing all the Gemara and organizing all the Gemara. That they too, Rabbi Ashi, Rabbi Udanasi, were very wealthy people. Because of the fact that they organized and rectified all the Torah, the oral Torah, and it was transmitted through them, the Torah. This is why they were wealthy. Because if the Torah is going to be transmitted through a certain person, that person needs this aspect of Asherut wealth. Because this, um, to get to this sort of understanding, which is evident in this transmission of the Torah that Rav Ashi, Rav Yodanasin, Rav Moshe Rabbeinu all merited this Hidbonenut, they needed great wealth. Bezebchinat. And this is the aspect of what it says in Sefer uh, Shemot, chapter 34. Psol for yourself. That Hashem Yitbarach tells Moshe Rabbeinu, carve for yourself luchot. After the first ones were broken. V'darshu Rabbeinu Tehuncha. And the Chachamim, saying the Gemara Yerushalmi Shkanim, and in Parashat Nedarim, and sorry, in, in Gemara Nedarim, that the scraps, the, the chunks that were broken off, the first luchot would be belong to Moshe Rabbeinu. And obviously it was very valuable, sapphire, etc. Moshe Rabbeinu kept the broken shards of the first luchot. Because just like with regard to the simple elements of the Torah, the simple explanations of the Torah, before one makes a novel, idea in Pshat, a person needs to explain beforehand sort of introductions. And afterwards he throws away the introduction and comes to the intended insight or the subject material. Before a person explains something um, in the simple explanation of the Torah or in general, you have to explain introductions beforehand so that the person who's listening can understand what we're talking about here. That you need sort of introductory explanations to understand the subject that we're talking about. For the essence of what we're trying to talk about here is the mechuvan, the intended subject, this, the subject of the entire matter. The introductions are surrounding it, but once you understand the introduction, it needs to be thrown away so that you can get to the intended subject. All these words, all these introductions that come before the intended subject are the aspect of psolet, of scraps or shards, as we see with regard to the why? Why are they shards? Because they are chiseled and carved away, carved away from the um, from around the subject. Once you get to the subject, you slowly chisel and carve away from the from the hagdamot, the introductions. The same is true with regard to this great understanding of the Torah that a person needs to go through beforehand. One must first go round and round a number of times before one comes to the intended subject. And we know that the essential thing is the intended subject. All these introductions, these, these introductory explanations are all considered psolet, scraps in comparison to the mechuvan. What is 
this understanding, this understanding is the mechuvan in this parable. Meaning the hidbonanut that one wants to get to the Torah. This great understanding that one wants to receive through the Torah is the mechuvan, the intended subject. But before one must get through the intended subject, he has to go through introduction. What's the introductions in this parable? This is the, the wealth. That we said that it's only through a certain amount of wealth, uh, the wealth of the world, that a person can attain a certain, con a very great and lofty contemplation in the Torah. To attain these certain pathways in the Torah and to understand these pathways, a person has to first go through wealth. Wealth. So that wealth is compared to the introductions that one has to go through before he receives or before he gets to the intended subject, which is the contemplation that he wants to attain. And this is what it says in the, in the, the Torah. Psolecha, carve for yourself. The carvings of the first, the shards of the first luchot will be belong to Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is where we see that Moshe Rabbeinu received his wealth from the psolet of the first luchot. For this psolet of the luchot are an aspect of sibuvim introduction. That one chisels and carves around and around the focus of the contemplation. And, the content, and these introductions are the aspect of this wealth that we are talking about. That through this wealth one is able to come to this understanding. As we mentioned above, the understanding is the mechuvan, the subject of the entire thing that we are trying to get to. Look at this chidush. Rabbeinu tells us that the letters of mamon, money, mem, mem, vavenun, rashetevot are an acronym for the phrase misham nit asher Moshe. From there, Moshe got wealthy. Mem, mem, anun, with a dot in between the mem and anun. We see that it's what? Misham nitashar Moshe. From there, Moshe got wealthy. And what's the vaven between that we're missing? Because we said, mem, mem, vavenun is money. Is how you spell money. But here we see the acronym for Misham nitashar Moshe is mem, mem, anun. What about the vav? The vav corresponds to the luchot. The tablets, that from the tablets itself, Moshe got rich. Why do the Luchot represent the aspect of Vav, which is the numerical value of 6? Why for the Luchot had a width of Vav and a length of Vav, a length of 6 and a width of 6? As it brought down in the Gemara, so now we see Misham Nitashar Moshe, that from there Moshe got wealthy is the acronym. Um, if you take the first letters of that phrase, you have Mem Mem Enun, and then you add the Vav from the Luchot, which have the width of six and the length of six, and there you get Mem Mem Vav Enun, which is Mamon, meaning from the Luchot Moshe was able to get wealthy. And to get to this wealth, to merit this wealth that we are talking about, that through this wealth one is able to get to this understanding of the Torah, is only possible through the rectifications of Atik. Atik is a reference to the partzuf of Atik Yomin. Um, very deep Kabbalah we're talking about here. And we know Atik, in simplicity, we'll skip through all the Kabbalah. Bechinat Arichut Yamim. The Atik is a reference to Arichut Yamim, length of days. Bechinat Zaken. And what is length of days? person who's old. The, the elderly person, not someone who's old in mentality, but someone who's attained um, being an older person in um, 
length of days. We're going to see what this means. It's not about an age. It's about a um, an attaining. This this it's an attainment. This zikin which we're talking about. This elder. This uh, being old. For Rabbeinu explained that one needs length of days in order to receive into it this wealth of um, this contemplation. Then, in order to receive this wealth, you need to first attain this concept of zik, um, being zaken, of being old, of of or having arichutamim. Having length of days, what's length of days? Mean that one needs to see to lengthen and increase his days. For every single day, from the place that begins by each and every person. It's certain that at the beginning it's very narrow at first. Meaning at the beginning of the day it's very difficult upon this person to do the service that he needs to do for that day. For example, to study, to pray, and the likes of this. Whatever it is, it's taka, whatever a person needs to do. This is why on the day itself, at the beginning of the day, it's very short, it's very narrow. It's difficult upon the person. For the person needs to go little by little. And afterwards, he's able to progress and expand in his service according to the length of the day and to increase his avodah the day, go by, a day goes by. And a person needs to see, to expand, to greaten, to lengthen every single moment that comes after to increase it and to widen it with um, greater holiness. The more you are into the day, the more you need to increase And the same is true when the second day comes. The day after the one that you just experienced has to be increased and widened with greater holiness. And the same as your, day, your days go by, you have to increase your holiness. This is length of days, meaning the older you get, the more holiness you increase into your day. And Avraham who married this concept of being elderly, not elderly, as Rabbanu said, it's forbidden to be old. Not the elderly being old in mentality, being old in this idea of being stubborn and not renewing yourself. Rabban was saying the elderly that we're talking about here is specifically renewing yourself. Every day you add on holiness. You try to learn a little bit more. You try to pray a little bit more. You try to add on a little bit more. You try to grow, strengthen your emunah, etc., etc. This is the elderly we're talking about. The aspect of the length of days. And through this, Avraham merited wealth. Through the Arichut Amim that he attained. That Abraham became older, well advanced in days. God blessed Abraham with everything. This is what it says in Tehidim. The same idea I gain understanding from the elders. So we see Abraham, once he attained um, this aspect of Ziknut, of, elder, of being elderly, he attained understanding. That through the concept of being of Zaken, of um, oldness, one comes to understanding um, and this understanding is brought, is attained by means of wealth. That when one attains being elderly or having length of days, that wealth is drawn into his uh, length of days. 
that the length of days represents being elderly. So Rabbeinu explains this, these steps here. When one attains being old, he adds, uh, he adds holiness into each and every day as the day progresses. And the next day and the next day progresses, he adds holiness and he adds Ktusha. Then what happens? He becomes older. And as he becomes older, he attains greater asherut, greater wealth. And with that wealth, he comes to that understanding. So the first aspect is to attain length of days. Once you attain length of days, wealth is drawn into that length of days. And once the wealth is drawn in, then you have um, an ability to delve into the contemplations of the certain pathways of the Torah. And this concept of elder, being elderly, which means what? To expand and to lengthen your days with added holiness every single day, every single moment, every single day as it goes by. How does one do so? How does one attain this concept of Zikenut? Is through what? Um, is through fear. That fear is what allows a person to add holiness every single day. That through this fear, one's days and one's one's days are lengthened and widened. It says in that the fear of God prolongs one's days. This is the same idea of what is brought in Yeshaya. That the fear of God is his treasure house. What is the treasure house concept? It's brought in the Gemara Barachot. Asa'a, he made her like an otzar. He made the woman chava like an otzar, like a storehouse. Shehu katzar milamana, which is narrow at the top, ve'acha milamata, and wide at the bottom. Meaning what? What's this idea of being narrow at the top, wide at the bottom? At the beginning of days, they are short. But afterwards, they go wider and they grow more expanded with greater holiness through that fear. Meaning just like the woman is created narrow at the top and wider at the bottom, the same is true of a person whenever he has fear. When he has fear, which we said is the storehouse, what's the storehouse we were referencing? The storehouse that is an imagery for Arichut Yamim. Why? For Arichut Yamim is like a storehouse. For when you start at the beginning of the day, it's the Avodah on a person is very difficult. It's hard for him to look at the entire day and to say, wow, I need to grow today. I need to push myself more and more. At the beginning, you need to start slowly to start adding whatever you can do in simplicity. But afterwards, as the day goes by, you're able to add more and more and able to have a clearer picture of how you can add and prolong the holiness and um, increase the holiness within the day. And the same, it becomes easier on a person. As Rashi says, uh, all the beginnings are difficult. So the beginning of everything, especially when it comes to adding holiness, is always difficult. But as the day goes by, as one day passes, two days passes, it, it gets easier on a person to add. Nimtza, we find, we find that through fear, one merit, length of days, which represents the concept of being old. And what's um, Zaken? What's the concept of being Zaken? This is Tikkun Atik, the rectifications of Atik. That through the rectifications of Atik, one merit Ashirut wealth. For fear guards the opposite of wealth. Meaning what? Fear guards a person from poverty. That poverty comes through what? As it says um, in Eshet Chayim. Grace is deceptive, and beauty is vain. So we see that fear 
um, guards from poverty. For there are many types of um, deceptive graces. That one affects when he stands. When he eats. And when he speaks with different people. The same is true of many different things. To each and everything that a person does, there's a certain type of unique grace that occurs at that moment. And all these different types of false grace. They come through false, uh, um, vain beauty. They come through vain beauty. Beauty that is vanity. In the aspect of what we just said in the verse. Meaning one who doesn't guard himself from the beauty of women. What happens? He falls into the lusts and the desires of these false graces. <laughs> it's unbelievable. When one falls into the tava for beautiful woman, doesn't guard himself from this concept of beautiful woman, whether that means guarding his eyes, etc., or whatever falls into this category, he falls, uh, he falls susceptible to these false graces. But fear is the opposite of this. How did they finish off the verse? That grace is false and beauty is vain, but the, praise, but the woman who fears Hashem is praiseworthy. Meaning the aspect of fear is um, the opposite of what we just explained. It's true. This is why Avraham and Yitzhak, when they came to places that did not have the fear of God, and immediately when they entered that place, they felt that this place was lacking the fear of God. To the fact that they began to feel the fear of God, commensurate with their extensive holiness, they began to feel the sense, to sense the beauty of the woman. Immediately they entered a place without the fear of heaven, they, they immediately began to sense the beauty of women. This is why they immediately could tell there was no fear present. This is why they pro prohibited themselves. They prohibited themselves. They made it asur on themselves to unify with their wife. That what? That they literally prohibited themselves from being with their wives as if their wife was their sister. As we see with regard to Abraham, what did Abraham tell the Egyptians? That he, she is his sister. Why is that? Not for the simple meaning of trying to hide Sarah. Meaning what? That he made Sarah as if she was his sister. Meaning that she was a soul to him in relation. Why? Because Abraham felt that in Egypt there was tremendous lack of fear there. Um, and because of this he was falling. He felt that over there they immediately valued the beauty of women. And for this reason... He did not want to fall into this tava and made the woman and made Sarah um, separated from Sarah. What did Abraham tell Sarah? For I have said the only thing missing um, in this place is fear of God. But afterwards, Abraham um, rectified this absence of fear and he drew into and he drew the length of days down. And he brought it down, this concept of length of this, Kemosha Ketuvah, that says, that Abraham dwelled in the land of the Plishtim for many days. As it says, What does it mean, many days? 
What did it say about fear of Hashem? That the fear of God prolongs one's days. So what did it mean that Avram dwelled in the land of the Pishtim for many days? It means that Yirat Hashem, for Yirat Hashem is also this concept of many days. We see that Avram Avinu was able to rectify this absence of fear. For when there's an absence of fear, um, there's this absence of Arechut Yamim. But afterwards, all the plishtim, they damaged all the rectification that Abraham rectified. That all the wells that Abraham dug up, they closed. They closed. The plishtim damaged all the work of Abraham Avinu. This is why when Yitzchak came, this is why when Yitzchak entered, um, came there, the land of the plishtim, he forbade himself um, in relations um, to Rivka, just like um, he made, meaning he made um, Rivka as if she was his sister and didn't um, go into relations with her. Until literally Yitzhak waited until he drew down the concept of which is the concept of fear which saves a person from this um, beauty of woman, this vanity, etc. And then Rivka was permitted to him. What it say in the verse over there? That after Yitzchak had been there a long time, meaning what? That he attained length of days, which is this concept of which is this idea that length of days prolongs one, that fear of heaven prolongs one's one's days. So we see that he attained this Yirah. Afterwards, what did he do? What did it say? Avimelech looked, I believe, through the window and he saw um, Yitzchak and Rivka together. Meaning that Yitzchak was permitted now to Rivka. And this is why that once Yitzchak drew down the concept of wealth, oh sorry, drew down the concept of length of days, he merited over there the concept of wealth. That says, that Yitzchak planted in that land and in that same year reaped a hundredfold of gates. Kanan, as it says over there. A hundredfold. Because one who does not guard himself or one who doesn't have fear and guard himself from the um, vain beauty Specifically, a woman, through this he comes to poverty. Don't lust for her beauty in your heart. Because on account of the harlot, the prostitute, one will lack even a loaf of bread. We see that when one looks after the beauty of a woman, that um, poverty is um, innate within that concept. See that poverty will run after this person. Maybe be saved from this. For wealth and hevel ayofi, vain beauty are two opposites. For wealth comes from the extended breathing, extended uh, breath. And beauty comes from the suspended breath when breath is paused. Because at the time when the seed of a person gets emitted from him, at that moment, he must stop his breathing. Mishneta, I mean, for two reasons. Aleph, the first one being, so that the drop does not get cold through the breath, because we know that the ruach is this aspect of it's coldness. 
So we see that a person should, um, when he gives over that seed at that moment that it comes out, he does he stops his breathing. Why? So that the breath does not cool down the drop of seed. And we know that the that breath is cold air. That one constantly um, takes in. For that drop needs to go out with heat in order that it's fitting to give birth to a child. And the second reason because the ejaculatory force which is engaged in bringing out um, that drop um, therefore has to endure this pausing in breath why for breath inhales spirit and exhales spirit and because that at that moment um, the strength of pushing out is um, brought into force in order to let that drop go out it's impossible to um, what do you call it to exhale that spirit it's for this reason that there's a pause in breath because the moment of ejaculatory force is at force um, because at that moment he's emitting seed um, there's a force of pushing out already so he cannot push out again with his breath there's, um, there has to be a pause and this breath of air that enters this person and remains within him um, um, before he releases that job, that breath is encompassed within that uh, ejaculatory force. And through that breath that he took in the moment before he, he um, let that seed go, let that drop go, um, that allowed that drop to go and be pushed outward. And according to the purity and the re- refining of that breath that he took in immediately before that um, ejaculation, the same is true of how that fetus is going to be uh, clean. Um, from this aspect of zrezut. Um, or um, or healthy, sorry. Meluban, um, he's going to be healthy and fair. Because according to that, how, however that breath is purified and clean, then that drop that, that is emitted from a person, that is ejaculated from a person, which has encompassed within that drop, that breath that he took in immediately before, so according to how pure that breath was that he took, the same is true of how clean that drop is that he's, um, ejecting and then the offspring that comes about from that drop is fair and healthy look how awesome Rabbeinu is teaching us here wow and if there is turbidity impurity within that breath that he took then the drop of seed is spoiled as well and this is what it says in Tehidim that man is like a breath because according to the breath can it be balad then the existence of the offspring is according to that breath. This is the aspect of what it says in Tehillim. Human beings are but a heaven, are but a breath. Because that, that, that breath that he took in is what causes his offspring to be healthy and fair. This is the aspect of what we saw in Eshet Chayil. Uh, 
vain beauty. Because the beauty of that offspring is according to that hevel, that breath that he took in. Now we're, we're playing with the, the awesome words of the Torah. Nimza, we find that the beauty, that, the, um, that this beauty which um, comes from the breath, who may have second nishima is from that pausing within one's breathing. But this is why. And this is why one who desires and lusts after the beauty of woman, we see that he receives from the pausing of this breath. He receives from the aspect of this um, pause the breath. And this is why. Um, this is the opposite of wealth. Why for wealth is um, originated from the concept of length of breath. Meaning all types of wealth, whether it means all types of gr- uh, grain, all types of trees, grasses, herbs, and all types of metals, for example. All of this comes through the concept of rainfall. Same is true of all storage houses that comes through the concept of rainfall. As we see in Dvarim, that Hashem will open up for you His treasure house, His storehouse, His good storehouse, which is reference to the heavens, to provide rain for your land, etc. So we see that the storehouse, which is the storing of all this wealth, which we said, why is storehouse? Storehouse is a concept of fear. And we say that fear um, is this concept of restoring as we saw above. And is wealth. So we see that this um, storehouse is um, dependent upon the rain. And the rains come from the concept of breathing. That one brings in and receives the air from outside, as it says, by the breath, by the breath of God, ice is made. The expanse of water is poured out. As it says in Mishle, Hon Ashir, the rich man's wealth is his stronghold. Meaning what? Hanusha Ashirud, who are the Bechinat and the Shima. What is Um, Sorry. Um, so what's Rabbanu teaching us? That wealth comes through the concept of breathing, a breath. And what is breathing? It's the air that one, the cold air that one takes in any single moment from the outside. This is the language of the verse that um, the rich man's wealth is his stronghold. What does stronghold have to do with anything? We know rain also has to do, has to do with this concept of stronghold. Why did it say? It says in Eyov, that rain is the torrential um, the torrential rain of his strength, of God's strength. That we see that rain also has to do with Hashem's strength, Uzo. Just as wealth has to do. So we see that wealth comes from the concept of rain. And what's rain? What is rain dependent upon? This concept of breathing. As we said, from the breath of God, then ice is made, which is all this expanse of water is poured out, meaning from the heavens. All this rain is drawn down from the concept of the neshima of Hashem, from the breath of Hashem. 
This concept of taking cold air from outside and bringing it in, that's rain. And this is what it says in Yirmiyah. Is there in the vanities of the nations the ability to bring rain? Meaning what? What is the vanity? The breath of the goyim. We're going to speak about because within the breath of the goyim, for the goyim represent the concept of paused breathing. There's no continuous breath. And what is this paused breathing? It's this um, false beauty, this vain beauty. There is no concept of rain by the goyim. For rain is only possible through the concept of breathing that is normal. Good breathing. And this is what it, this is the explanation of the verse in Mishle. Riches gotten through heaven, riches that come through heaven, vanity, imat will will dwindle. Meaning hanal, meaning through the heaven, the the breath of the goyim nitma etahon, wealth will be limited. And this is the aspect of what it says in Mishle. The cool spirit of an understanding man. Meaning what? Through the composure. Which is what? The cold spirit that one takes in, in his breathing. One is able to merit wealth. Why? So through that breath, one is able to create the concept of the reins. And then the reins is this aspect of wealth. But through the one that, sorry, that through this, through this, um, um, this cold spirit that one breathes in, he's able to merit this understanding that comes through this wealth. This is an explanation of what it says in the verse in Eyov. The neshama from Hashem enables them to understand. What's nisham, nishmat shakai? Nishma means from the neshima, from the breath of Hashem, it enables them to understand. For the essence of this contemplation that we're talking about, comes through the breathing, this cold spirit. As we mentioned above, for the essential rectification of the intellect, comes through this breathing. explains this. For the essence of one's intellect, when a person wants to rectify it, rectify his intellect, so that he en- enables himself to understand something, to contemplate, it's dependent upon the oils in one's body. For the intellect of a person is like a lit lamp. For the intellect is, is lit as a result of the oils that are drawn to it. The oils in the body that are drawn to the mind, and then the mind is able to take those oils and use it as fuel to be able to think. And um, the mind is like um, a wick. Is like a wick. Sorry, these these oils of the body are like uh, oil drawn drawing to burning wick. Meaning, the oils of the body to transfer to the mind um, is this parable of basically the oil being drawn to the wick. But when there's no fats or oils in the body, the mind is not able to properly contemplate. It's not able to be um, lit a lit lamp in contemplation. And this is how the concept of craziness comes. Why you see people in a state of craziness without any dat. Why you see people in the streets that are namash meshugaim. And we see this more today than ever. Rabban was teaching us why. Why? Because the moisture of their body has been drying up. 
is dried up. And through this, their mind is damaged. Why? For their mind has no oils to be lit upon. For the mind is like a wick that needs oils to be drawn to it in order for it to, be, to light up. And all the moisture, all the oils that exist within the body are sustained through breathing. As it If it were not for the lobes of the lung, which we know represents Ruach, the breathing. The Nazrin Aliba, which blow upon the heart, which fan the heart, the heart would consume the entire body. For we know the heart is fire, and we know that the lungs are coolness. So the lungs need to constantly fan the heart in order that the heart does not um, overpower the, the body with heat. We find that the essential sustenance or the essential. Um, existence of the oils and the moisture within the body comes through breathing. Now how does the breathing come, uh, come into existence? What is breathing? That the lungs um, receives cold spirit from the outside um, and draws it inside to cool off and to fan the heart. And through this cooling of the heart from this um, lung, from, this, from these lungs, the mind is able to be maintained so that it's able to be lit up with this contemplation. This is the aspect of what it says in Mishle, in Proverbs chapter 20, that the candle of Hashem is the soul of man. Nishmat Adam. Why? For Nishmat is the play on the words Nishima, the breath. That the candle of Hashem is lit up from the breath of, is lit up from the breath, meaning what? That the essential uh, rectification and existence of the candle of Hashem, which is what? The mind. Through the neshama. Neshima is through the breathing. And if one wants to light up a person's lamp, which is his mind, he has to do it through breathing, which is through the moisture of the body. Rabbanu sums this up. We find that through fear, one merits length of days. And through length of days, one is able to draw down wealth. And through this wealth, one is able to come to this contemplation. Hashem, may we have the merit to do so and follow the steps that Rabban was talking about here. Hashem, this is where we're going to stop and start with section Dalid next class.